It's the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kosoka. And here's your host, Seth Williams and Mike Kosoka. And welcome to another Monday evening. It is Monday evening, correct? It's Monday evening, January very, 9th. Yeah, very exciting. We're like uh, Man. into the new year. It's There's only very, very 350 stuff. shopping days till next Christmas. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to the next holiday season. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why. You know why? Because this year started off almost exactly like last year started off. I'm okay. fairly convinced that I had or had, I should say had, uh, COVID. I mean, I know that sounds awful. Or some form of, yeah. No something. <clears throat> hey, I, I've been reading a lot about you know the, the new strain that's out there, and I don't want to get us banned from the, the jump here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, supposedly, you know, it, it has a lot of the same qualities as the previous strains but was you know is resistant to right. certain things but also uh, is is more mild i guess um but i definitely had the no smelling <clears throat> i mean the voice thing has been kind of weird and it's been kind of lingering but i definitely had the no smelling thing for at least a week right i could i could taste stuff i mean tasted things all right i mean i knew when i was eating um, like a lemon ice, I knew that it was sure. lemon and all that kind of stuff, but I couldn't smell a damn thing. You remember uh, COVID officially started like the day before St. Patrick's Day when they came down in March and canceled everything for the next day. Yes, they canceled my uh, grandmother's funeral, unfortunately. I had to, uh, we were but, had a lot of, had more than 10 people there. Right. And after the first couple months, they said, well, this is brand new, but there may have been something floating around in November, December. That Christmas, I was sick with something that just didn't feel like a cold. Yeah. So I'm not so sure I didn't have a touch of whatever got here before they officially called it a new disease and gave it a number Yeah. and argued, you know, what part of China came from, et cetera, et cetera. It just but, worries me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm starting off this year the same as kind of like last year. And now the good thing is, is that I can't get fired from this job because, you know, it's, it's ours. So, you know, there you go. I would have to fire myself or you would uh-huh. have to fire me. And I, I don't, right. I nah, it ain't going to happen. Um, so, you know, at least that part. But I remember I, I got uh, a tad bit concerned because when I also when I lost the leg and had like the sepsis thing going on. Right. I started to get like chills and aches and pains. I almost felt like a flu. And so when I got that this time around, I definitely started to get a little bit concerned. I was like, uh-oh, what, what is this? Because the last time I felt like that was when they chopped off the leg. Oh. And I went nuts and thought that I was dying and almost did die and all that kind of stuff. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, but luckily that went away. And But then it was all of a sudden I couldn't smell anything. Right. And again, you know, even like you said, this year, I got sick the week before Christmas and up and through Christmas. And then you got uh, 
you know, sick a week after I did. And I said, yeah. well, you know, it only lasts three days and on and on. But it, part of it lingers. It's I still got it in my voice. I'm still congested. And it's just like, I'm I'm tired of this. I'm ready for that all to go away and just feel like myself. So. Well, and that was the other thing is that they always say that it takes like a week after you're exposed before you end up getting it. And it was like a week after I saw you and you were sick. Yeah. And I ended up getting sick and... Um, I'm sick of being sick. That's it. Hey, me too. Me too. And January like, 9th. Enough. I, okay. I'm really hoping that this year progresses to something better than something what last year was. Uh, as far as the first half of the year. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, how was your weekend? Uh, pretty uneventful. Um, I'm not into football if the Browns aren't involved. And boy, they stunk up the joint again. I didn't do much anything. I did a little research. I've got some books for myself and for the uh, for Christmas. So I got like five, six, seven, eight books I want to read. And uh, so it's funny that you bring that up. I was talking to my daughter about books the other day, and you know, because she's reading like an Elvis book right now. Mm-hmm. And how Elvis was like a spiritual guy. And yesterday was actually Elvis's birthday. Went out and saw Frank Worley, the Elvis tribute artist. And uh, he was fantastic. But she's reading his book about, I guess, written by his stepbrothers or whatever they are. And, and talking about what a spiritual guy Elvis actually was. And so I'm hoping that maybe some of that rubs up on her a little bit and she becomes a more spiritual person. Um, but I was talking about reading books, and it's like, well, Dad, why don't you read a book? I can't think of the last book that I actually read. It might have been in high school, and I'm not joking. Wow. And I'm going on, I'm 46 years old, and I think the last book that I actually read was because I was told to in high school. And assigned it. Well, I, I'll let you in on a hey, secret. I could see a movie. Yeah, but I get that. But um, I worked the cruise ships for on and off the better part of eight years yeah and i discovered the ability the time and had the the wherewithal to discipline myself pick up a book that was interesting and i could pick up a book at 5 36 o'clock in the morning and finish it by midnight and you know i read voraciously when i was on the ships and it's just a great way to you know kill time, learn stuff, uh, go places. And the other thing, like, yeah, the other thing, like I told you is like, you know, I I got to enjoy classical music when I was on the road, because if you got a 12 hour drive, you get really tired of back in the day, AM radio with a commercial, six commercials, every three songs. So, you know, both of those things drag things out a little bit and, and they're worth doing, but there's, there's, I got a lot to read. But, but I mean, I guess if I was trapped on a cruise ship, Jim says the Mike was sailing on a ship for six years. Um, Damn near. If I was on a cruise ship, it was supposedly trapped on a cruise ship. Uh, there's a bunch of hot, half naked women sitting by the pool. There's probably gambling. There's shows. Both. If they're not doing the show. There's shuffleboard. There's food. There's plenty of things that I would rather do than sit and read a book. Dude, when you only do two shows a week, there's time for all of the things you mentioned, and you still have time to read a book. I don't know. I just can't. Like, I, I, anytime I see a book, 
like in a store or something. I'm like, that looks really fun to read. Like, I'm going to really enjoy right. that book. It sounds like an interesting book. Then I pick it up and I look at it and I see no pictures. It's not a pop-up book. And so I put it back on the shelf because I'm like, I'm not going to sit through me trying to read 300 pages of something when I can see the movie. I, I, Jurassic Park was one of my favorite movies growing up because I was assigned to read the book in high school and I decided, no, I'm going to see the movie. I saw it 10 times. I ended up passing the, the test and I enjoyed it much better than if I had to look at words. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. That's how you learn to enjoy reading is you let the words go into your eyes and up into your brain. But then what you do is turn the pages and see the movie while you're reading. Or listen and have the discussion with the author if it's not like a you know action book, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But seeing the movie while you read is something I've always been able to do. Maybe that's why I like doing it so much. You aren't alone, Seth. I've written more books than I've read as an adult. Documentaries are my new books. Yeah, I mean, well, I I can fantasize with the best best of them. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. There you go. the Lord invented a cell phone now, so I can look at whatever I want to on my phone. Right. And so now I, I don't understand. I guess me personally, I don't see the attraction to, to reading books. Now, my dad is actually an author. Um, spent his life in journalism. Okay. For newspapers, and ran newspapers, and also has written many books. Huh. And I hate to say this. I've never actually bought one of my dad's books because I'm not going to read it. I've asked him to send me some and like put it on the shelf and it would be nice, but I'm not going to read like Chris Aiken's book. I have Chris, Chris's book, one of Chris's right. books on my shelf here. And I have read Chris's book because Chris is a friend and it, it's not a very long book. And so it kept my interest. Plus I know him. And so it's a good story. It's a good read. And I enjoy that. But, right, so there's hope for you. Comes because... to, when it, no, but when it comes to novels, and that, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to pick up a book and sit, unless, like I said, it's a pop-up book or has like a lot of pictures. And by pictures, I mean pornographic something or other because it's got to keep my interest. Okay. I, I don't know. Is that unusual? Am I? Well, it's only unusual if you're the kind of guy that likes to read, like, for example, the Civil War but every 13 pages to keep his interest, you got to see a picture of somebody just sitting there spread Eagle. (laughs) And you look at that for a while and then turn the page and go back to Gettysburg. If you're telling me that they didn't have sex back in the civil war times, then I'm going to disagree with you. So there has to be something that they could put in a book. I'm not a reader either. I'd rather watch a documentary. Same results. Yes. Jim says, I get confused if there are too many pages. Well, that's the other thing. Eventually, I'm going to put the book down right? because I'm not going to sit through reading 300 pages in one sitting. And so when I put the book down, what do I got to do? I got to go back to it and try to figure out where I was. Like I remember the storyline from what I was doing. Give me a two-hour movie, and even two hours is pushing for me. Give me an hour and a half movie, and I'm good to go. Like that new Avatar movie that's out. Right. I've heard it's really, really good. But it's over three hours long. I'm not going to sit through three hours. Eventually, I'm going to have to pee or something. Yeah. So what are we going to do? I'm going to get up in the middle of the movie. I have to go to the bathroom. And with me, with my leg now, it's going to take me you know, 
half the time to get to the the, the freaking bathroom and back. I'm back. And so I'm going to lose half the, the movie. So See, to me, well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's why you should get the book because then you could take the book into the bathroom. With I you, guess. Right? Playboy is much easier <laughs> to read. Thanks to the pictures. Yeah. Well, they, I, st- they still put out a hard copy of the magazine or is it all online? I think it's online. I haven't yeah. looked online. Um, <laughs> the last book I read was How I Play the Game by Tiger Woods. The present when it came out has picks and great reading. Has insight of what made him okay. I, again, though, I'd rather see a documentary on Tiger Woods and how he beat the hell out of his wife or something like that. I mean, that's what I want to see. Yeah, but with any good movie, any good documentary, what do we need to well, pull about Tiger Woods to know that his dad taught him how to play golf? Right. Here, well, here's an example <laughs> of why sometimes. Did you see? Uh, Oh, what was the movie where there it was the sh- uh, the ship sank, and everybody was trapped on the ship? And Ernest Titanic? Uh, no, no, no. That that was that was a ship that people were trapped on. Yeah, but what was the disaster movie that was real popular? That the book was, uh, and then everybody gets rescued at the end, and so on and so forth. Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure. Well, I read the book, and I went to the movie, and the movie was just like, oh, you have got to be kidding. Because in the book, some idiot convinces 12 people to go follow him and they go on this adventure, traipsing all over the ship and almost dying. And one people, yeah. guy, and then in the book, when they get to the uh, ballroom, everybody has already been saved because the first responders showed up. And all thought to themselves, well, most of the people will be in the ballroom. So let's <laughs> save everybody in the ball. And so when they get there, after all the BS that they went through, they look up and everybody else is on a ship going, okay, it's about time you got here, assholes. Get in the lifeboat and let's go home. So instead of being heroes like they were in the movie, it was like a whole ship full of people going, boy, were you people stupid? You could have been here and saved three hours ago. <clears throat> Jim it's the exact opposite. All right. Well, Jim asked, Do you like audiobooks? Yeah, I like, I like audiobooks. Okay. I um, like the same thing. Because I'm, well, I'm a radio guy. So, like, you know, right. Truth is a radio guy. Listen, I can listen to stuff all day long. Yeah. I get that same kind of image in my head if, better than if I was reading a book. Like at night when I go to bed, right. Um, I do listen to like podcasts. I listen to like, Datelines and stuff about murder, okay. and like serial killers and stuff like that. I know it's kind of odd, but I listen to podcasts when I go to bed at night because I enjoy that audio stuff. And so I could definitely listen to books um, like that. I think that would be fun for me. Yeah, I can't think of another book that that I've actually really enjoyed. Um, Joyce says, "Hi guys, I'm here." Hi Joyce, how are you? Hi Joyce. Welcome she had to put her book down. She wanted to finish the last chapter before she signed in. <laughs> Sandy just noticed the brick wall. Okay. Yeah, you don't have the uh, living room behind you today. You're doing it from a different area. I wonder how long it's going to take her to notice the mastodon. Yeah, there's an elephant in the room tonight. It's a huge elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I did. we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Jim Isabella is actually going to join the show after 6. Come on. We're going to run some topics by him. There's definitely a lot to get into tonight. Um, 
My weekend wasn't bad, but I did want to get into one story, one thing that happened to me. Please do. It, um, you know how hard it's been to like bite my tongue? <clears throat> this is something else, man. Now, this is not a reflection on... Well, let me just talk, talk about the story. Tell them. So, Saturday night, I, I, had, I was on the guest list uh, to go to the Wish You Were Here concert at the Agora. Um, Wish You Were Here, they were on with you and uh, Chris Aiken. Right, Monday night right. that I was out sick, and uh, but they were nice enough to put me on the guest list so I could go to the show on Saturday night. Uh, I even posted a picture outside of the Agora when I got there, and <laughs> that's the last I saw. I just like closed out a, a Facebook and said, "You lucky son of a gun," and thought everything I, was fine. Yeah, I was very excited to go. Uh, Jason says hi from Akron. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Uh, Joy says, thank you for our stickers. You sent me your... Uh, you're welcome. You can get your stickers at the SethWilliamsShow.com. Uh, get your free stickers. Thanks to Aaron Sign Company. Free stickers the SethWilliamsShow.com. Uh, <clears throat> so we get down to the uh, Agora. My wife is all done up. She, you know, spent time getting ready and everything else. We drive down there. It was kind of a snowy, rainy kind of mix kind of thing going on. Right. Uh, so the weather wasn't great. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. And so we, you know, we drive all the way down and we, we took the highway, which is good. And we get down there and we're driving around and there's lines forming outside of the Agora to get in and uh, go to park the car. And I noticed that the parking lot, which cost you 20 bucks, so by the way, to park a car, <clears throat> and you have to park the car there because the neighborhood is not exactly the greatest of neighborhoods, so you want to be as close to the theater as possible. True. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, 20 bucks, whatever. Park the car. But I noticed that this parking lot is all rocks, gravel, dirt, you know, kind of stuff. And it had been raining, snowing, sleeting, whatever you want to call it. And, and so... You know, with my leg the way that it is, the fake leg, it's fairly difficult to walk over stuff like that. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't really feel your foot underneath you. And so, you know, when you walk on something slippery, maybe I'll get used to it. I'm, you know, hopefully have a lot of time to get used to it. Um, but you don't really have that sensation to know what you're slipping on or not slipping on underneath you. And so walking over a terrain like that, especially for a long distance, is slightly unnerving. Because if that leg slips, I'm going down. And so, you know, we weren't rude. We pulled up to the parking attendant before we pulled in. And we said, hey, is there any, like, handicap parking available? You know, we have the sticker in the window, you know, hanging from the mirror. And the guy was very nice, and he said, let me check with my supervisor. And so he has this pull over to the side. We're basically almost blocking traffic at this point. Cars going around and you know, going into the parking lot. And some people giving us dirty looks because we're just sitting there waiting. They don't know what we're waiting for. And he yells out to the supervisor lady once again, hey, anything on the handicap parking? And her response that we could hear because we had the windows down. She yells out in front of everybody. I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's handicapped. 
And I, I, I kind of sat there with this look on my face. My wife goes, wait, wait a second, talking to the guy yeah. and saying, you know, he's got a prosthetic leg and walking over this terrain is slightly difficult. And he goes, I'm sorry, well, that, that's just our policy. Now, if I was in a wheelchair, I think there was a special place I could have gone to, you know, wheel in. Um, but no, with the prosthetic leg, I was told, I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's handicapped. Now, I wanted to just pull off the leg and go up and talk to her and ask if she was as handicapped as this. Um, but I didn't. And I didn't want to cause a scene. I mean, it's nothing. I'm not that kind of person. But there are different levels of being handicapped. And unfortunately, I never thought I'd be in this position, but I am. And I, I was kind of taken back by what this lady said. So honestly, the only other option we had was, I guess, my wife could have dropped me off in front of the building. And I would have stood outside in the line, which is fine, by myself while in the cold, waiting for her to go park the car for wherever she's going to park it. And then after the show, I would have had to wait outside by myself in this crap neighborhood until she could get out of that parking lot. Right. Um, and I'm just standing out somewhere on the side of the road waiting for her to come get me. So we decided, well, we're going to go ahead and, and leave. And you know, that's what we did. We left. And I didn't get to see the show. That sucks. I was really kind of disappointed. I was disappointed not only because I didn't get to see the show, but <clears throat> I felt bad that my wife took the time to get ready and, and she was looking forward to a night out with me. We don't get a lot of those. We don't do a lot of stuff. You know, I, I stopped drinking, stopped smoking, all that kind of stuff. So we don't go hang out at bars like we used to. We don't, you know, we don't, there's not a whole lot of great movies, to be honest with you, out there to see. We don't right. really do a whole lot of things. And plus, I don't have a frigging job um, other than this. Still looking for sponsors if you'd like to. Um, but so we can't afford to just go out and do a lot of things. So this was a night when, I was on a guest list to see a show that I really was looking forward to. I've never seen, seen them before and wanted to see it. And to be kind of treated like that, I, I thought was kind of crappy. I, I, I didn't think, one, I didn't think it was necessary to yell something like that out in front of all the no. people that were walking in the parking lot, all the people that were waiting behind, and you know, to kind of call me out like that. And then, two, you could have found a spot to put me. No kidding. To where remember, I could have gotten across without causing a, a scene or anything like that. I don't know. You remember two weeks or so ago when we were doing the uh, What's Wrong with Cleveland? It's, and you watched the show, but Chris and I were talking about uh, Justin Bibman. One of the things I said was parking in this city is just an abomination, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It costs everybody that went there that night 20 bucks for them to cram your car into a place like you're talking about, which if it had kept raining and snowing and freezing, was just a pit for anybody. Yeah, anybody that walked across there could have been hurt, to be honest with you. But And by state law, there's supposed to be places where if you say, and you've got the sticker, you're supposed to park because you're handicapped and have better access to where you're going. For them to just tell you to go pound salt we put up within this city over and over and over, not just at the stadiums, but at the Agora and out in front of just about every place else. 
I'm disappointed in the manager who said, what can I say? Everybody's handicapped. Yeah, man. But, you know, at least with Seth, his handicap isn't mental. But uh, uh, to not have a place and for that kid not to look at you and go, hey, just leave it here. I'll fix it. Park over there. Be close and so on and so forth. There's, there, near, there by law was supposed to be a place for you to just pull in. Period. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there's you know, got not going to be any consequences because you know what? Next time there's a show there, and I'm sure next Saturday when there's another show there, the same thing will probably happen to somebody else, and nobody in this town cares. Yeah, and, and you know, Scott says that's when I had got out and whipped off the leg. <laughs> Johnny yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I again, I, I didn't want to cause a, a problem. I Somebody asked uh, Sandy to call the Agoran complaint. I have yet to call, but I did reach out to the owner via Facebook and send a message saying, you know, this is what happened. I, I intend on calling. Um, but you know I was, what? I was hoping they get back to me. What the hell good is a phone call going to do? You missed the show. It's not like they can call the and, band back and have them play just for you. I'm not blaming the owner of the Agora. I mean, it's not his fault. And no, I, but it is I, don't, I don't know whose fault it is. Fault. And I, I don't know if these are, you know, People that are employed by the Agora or not employed by the Agora. I mean, they had staff jackets on. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see another parking lot there that people were parking in. Um, but again, look, I'm, I'm not. I am nobody special. There are plenty of handicapped people out there, but not everybody is handicapped, like this woman said. Um, no, but it's like you said earlier when you first started to realize that whether it's making sure that the thing is that stairs are level, that door jams fit properly, that there's not a one inch lip for somebody that can't handle a one inch lip going in and out of buildings, the building code, the this, that, and everything. We don't pay an awful lot of attention to the people that need a little bit more attention just to do what everybody else does. Now I, that's not yeah. right. And now I have been to places where I know there was a place down in Akron that I went to that, when I was in a wheelchair and they didn't have any like handicap parking. Right. And so I you know, wanted to know why they didn't have any handicap parking. Cause it was very difficult for me to navigate their parking lot to get in. Right. And I never really noticed this stuff when I wasn't in the situation that I am. I don't like to call myself handicapped. I don't, I mean, that's just not what I am. You know. Right. I'm limb deficient. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I wanted to know why there was no handicap parking there. And I was told that certain buildings, depending on how old they are. Um, got grandfathered in. Got grandfathered into, you know, need that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it is what it is. So I'm not mad at anybody per se, but I am annoyed that they wouldn't take care of their customers a little bit better than that. Um, how long yeah. they've been around? Since the 60s and 70s? It's like 60, 70 years of people, and I'm sure you're not the first guy to ever roll up there that uh, needed to, you know, navigate yeah. through with a prosthetic. CMS uh, Network, so stop with the I am nobody special nonsense. What you needed is your right, not special treatment. That is correct. That's what I'm saying. That, all right. Maybe that's the way I should be handled. Yeah, you're not asking for favors. Dude. I'm not the asking laws for special books. treatment. I'm asking for what is a right to me. Right. And unfortunately, I'm in the situation that I am. Unfortunately, I don't have a leg. Um, and so it's, it's difficult for me to get around certain areas. And by law, uh, I am considered handicapped. And by law, I have the sticker that allows me to park in certain areas. 
so it is a little bit easier and I don't fall and get hurt again. Um, and by law, that special area is supposed to exist. And I was have told, some smart ass uh, manager, yeah. system manager go, I don't know what to tell you, dude. It's I don't like, know what to tell you. Handicap Everybody's place. handicapped. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it, yeah, I, I think that something needs to be done. And, uh, you know, again, like you said, what are they going to do? The amount of space is everywhere. So little. It's very frustrating. Experience that. Yeah, but look, I understand when I go to Walmart, there's a good possibility I'm not going to get a handicap spot because there are 4 billion people that go to Walmart that have handicap stickers. And it is what it is. The only place the that has. lot there is usually level, and I'm able to, you know, navigate the terrain to get into the Walmart. It's not that, you know, but there, it's a different situation. It was a different kind of gravelly surface that is not good for me to be walking on. Right. And you know, well, maybe what would have happened if I would have gotten out of the car and I fell? Right. Then what? Right. And would laid I there till right. that manager came out of the Agora. Yeah, then you'd have gotten some attention. Would I have gotten would that be a lawsuit that I would have then if I would have just gotten into my car and said, you know what? Fine, I'll park wherever you want me to. And then what if I slipped and fell on that parking lot and then what? Then I, I would have made a bigger scene than this. That's for damn sure. It just that seems like, a huge scene. Right. It just seems that the only businesses that have way too many handicapped spaces are bowling alleys. <laughs> yeah. It just does. They're all uh, over there. To have a space to park is one thing, but the way she treated you is another story. That too. You could they could have done any number of things. Yeah, that kid, like I said, the kid that you first talked to shouldn't have called anybody else. You should have looked around and said, Here, this is the closest we got park here. Yeah, or just said to my wife, hey, why don't you pull up here Right to this area here? You could drop him off, park the car over here, and then you know, maybe if they would have just done something like that, I could have said to Heather, when, you know, before the show's over, we'll leave a little bit early, go get the car, and you can pick me up here and we can get out. But the fact that I was that she said something like that made me not want to go. It made me not want to go into the show at all. And so that's when I decided, all right, we're done. We're done. Right here. So then it was a very sad drive home. And I had no idea, man. Let I me turned off Facebook and thought you were happy as a clown. <laughs> there are I mean, times where you know when it comes to this that I I'm very positive and I'm very for God's sake, man, I'm thankful to be alive. And so I have no real complaints. But there are other times where I get pissed and I get depressed and very sad about this situation because there's a lot of things that I used to be able to do that were really easy that aren't easy anymore. Yeah. Even getting dressed, people don't understand, is a totally different kind of thing than what it used to be. And so I do my best to, to put on a good face and a happy face all the time and you know be around my wife and you know the people that I care about and enjoy my days. And I do. I it's a blessing every day to wake up in the morning. But there are things that suck. And when you get treated like that and all of a sudden it's kind of smacked in your face that you're not like you used to be and that things just aren't going to be normal ever again, it it hurts and it sucks. It makes for a very difficult night. And I was able to, you know, get over it and enjoy the rest of my evening and it was fine. But when it happens, it sucks. Yeah. And I hope that the owner of the Agora will reach back out to me and 
I don't need anything. I don't want anything. But I wanted to acknowledge that it shouldn't have happened and that they will make steps to make sure that people like me that go there and want to see a show are able to go see a damn show. Well, I just hope, Seth, that it's a really, really, really long time until something like this happens again to you. Because it will happen again. But let's just make it few and far between because that's the best you can hope for. You know, well, it's just like I think we're going to take up 15 spaces right next to a side door. Yep. Yep. And and I'll be honest, too. There's a big, huge parking lot literally right behind the Agora. And I remember it used to be there when I was working at the MMS at the radio station. That's where people would park to go in. And it's just an empty spot right now. It's an empty lot just sitting there. If they would have just said, hey, pull in here get out, we'll get you into the show, fine. They did nothing. Right. They did nothing to help, nothing at all. And that was crappy. So this big, huge parking lot attached to the venue sits empty while people that are handicapped are sitting there trying to figure out what to do. I don't know. What would you have done? Would you have gone in? What would you have done? I I completely understand it ruining the moment. Especially knowing, like you said, that it was going to be a hassle getting out as well. You know, it, I I don't think you did anything wrong by, you know, saying, hey, this ain't the night we thought we were going to have, honey. Let's go do something else. And you did what you did. So I'm fine with that. You can try to sue them, but you probably won't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> he has a leg to stand on. But that's the problem. I'm going to take it one step at a time. Bingo. And see what happens. (laughs) Just toe the line, make sure it doesn't happen again. Sounded like the lady with the smart mouth didn't believe that you were handicapped. Probably not. But the guy who was sitting there, and we said, my wife said, he's got a prosthetic leg. He was sitting with his face inside my car. I knocked on my leg. Right. (laughs) Right. You should have stepped out of the car, grabbed your crotch, and said, look, lady, come over here, and I'll show you. I'm not really handicapped. I'm just missing a leg. (laughs) Well, I got my third leg. There you go. Uh, You can leave a comment if you'd like on the show. Uh, I've been putting them up all the time. Or you can join the show if you'd like to. I just put the link up. You can join the show um, via video call. If you'd like, I assume you left there and headed to Burger King. One, there aren't any Burger Kings around <laughs> anymore. And two, I've stopped eating that stuff. Good for you, man. Uh, but I did see on a side note, since he brought a Burger King, they put out three new um, chicken sandwiches today. They put out three new chicken sandwiches, but they also put out a burger that's got a pound of meat Eight slices of bacon and four slices of cheese. But I am, well, that sounds fantastic. It does. That's what's wrong with it. What I do want to know is, are they going to get sued? Because they did put out a Mexican chicken sandwich um, that has like uh, pepper jack cheese and fried jalapenos on it, which sounds to me fairly racist, if you want to talk about it. Just saying. Chris, how you doing? 
good, man. Hey, hey. Sounds like better than you, man. This is this is BS, man. And you know it's BS. Yeah. You know, you're you're being way nicer than you need to be, dude. I'm just gonna be honest. If it was me, I would have been at the Agora today. I would have found Chris Zitterbart and I would have told him straight up, this is what your stupid ass staff did. You should not put up with it, dude. And don't get in the habit of letting people off the hook. Don't do it. You know, well, I, I did. Like I said, I reached out to him on Facebook and he has yet to respond to me. Um, but I do plan on calling uh, tomorrow. And because uh, I, I wanted to give him time on a business day to see if he looked at his Facebook or whatever. Sure. And, uh, but he ha has not responded. So I will be uh, contacting him. You know, tomorrow. Um, I, I think it was wrong. I do think it was wrong. No, you you got to let him know what his staff is doing. Because I, I and as I told you on the phone, I know Chris. He's a good dude. He'll he'll do what he can to make it right. But the thing that he's got to do is make his staff right. Because that's just bogus, man. And I'm trying not to swear because this is enraging me again. You know, more for the fact that you know I'm the one that puts you more or less on the guest list. Yeah, with my friends. <laughs> Right. My, I guarantee you, if E-Rock found out about this, he would be furious. He probably, you know, I'm sure he will find out about it. And look, He'll I didn't want to be a dick and say anything. And because, and I wanted to go in, if for nothing else, I wanted to go in because I was on a guest list uh, by you and by the band. And I didn't want at the end of the night or the, the next day for them to check that guest list and for people to see that I didn't show up and go, all right, that guy's an ass. We're not going to let him on anymore. Right. Exactly. In one of these shows, but I wanted to go. We were there. We took pictures outside the venue. Here, when you but finally get a chance to talk to this it. guy, like you said, there's a perfectly good parking lot right behind the Agora that they don't use. Tell him to make that his handicapped parking space. You know, I don't because know. it Look, sounds I... to me like he's moved all his liability off premise and no. contracted with another company to handle his parking to try to take that cost and that liability out of his hands. Well, just save that for people that need quick and easy access and uh, paint all those spaces blue. Uh, then, unless, unless I'm mistaken though, Mike, and I could yeah. be, but I don't think I am here. That space that used to be the entrance, yeah. when they remodeled it, they took out the doors. There's no doors there anymore to let people in on that space. Yeah. Uh. It leads to the side space that has some side offices, but I don't I think say, it does say like a gore. It says a gore offices now. Oh, okay. so I, I'm assuming that it goes there, but I, I didn't know if they got rid of the entrance to the actual. You know, I'm pretty theater. sure they did. I'm not positive of that, but I'm pretty sure that they did get rid of that. But that's neither here nor there. Dude, if if what it means to provide handicap parking, which is their responsibility. Right. Means that they have to provide valet parking. Look, as. I know the, the MGM has a lot more money than the Agora, but as, as if you have a handicap placard on your, you know, on your car at the MGM, you pull up to the door and they'll valet your car. You know, they, they realize that their parking is, is very askew and that there's never good parking next to the door, but they, they adjusted to it. They provide right. parking. They provide, right. they provide what is needed for that. So you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta hold them accountable to that stuff, man. Because I hate to I hate to say it, I hate to be this guy, but I'll just be honest about it here. 
every there's a there's a thousand guys like you out there that get dicked around every single day with handicap parking and right. handicap stuff and everybody everybody has the same answer which is i don't want to be a burden i don't want to be a pest i don't want to complain you know i don't want special treatment well if you don't if you don't demand equal treatment not special treatment equal treatment that you're due then you're basically making it easier for them not to give the treatment to you to and the next, the next guy. guy right well, and I, I guess that that is like the one reason why I'm going to pursue. Um, I, I, how often, Chris? You know me. How often do I go to Agora shows anymore? I mean, yeah, not often. often. Right. But, but uh, the reason I want to pursue this is because I want to make sure that people, the next person that goes up there and has the same problem, isn't treated like that. Right. And I don't know if it was a, uh, an Agora staff member or if it was just you know they're parking people or what or what it is. But somebody needs to talk to them and say you need to be a tad bit more sensitive or figure out a way to handle this kind of issue. I couldn't have been the only one that showed up with a handicap placard. Now, maybe they have handicap parking. Maybe this woman didn't know about it. Maybe the handicap spaces were all filled. But they didn't do anything. She didn't even try to see what was wrong with me. And Listen. And- I don't care what kind of employee you read. None of them say to look back at the customer and say, what can I tell you? We're all handicapped. That ain't in any yeah. HR manual. Yeah. Every HR manual I read said, do not be a dick to the customer. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and I agree with that. And, and she was, I mean, she was not a nice person. And then for the guy, after she said that to this other guy who was trying to park this, um, he goes, well, I'm sorry. That's just our policy. Well, one, you didn't say that was your policy when we pulled up here. You had to ask somebody. And I can't imagine that in the policy for the Agora parking manual, like you said, that there's something in there that says, just tell everybody that everybody's handicapped handicapped and you're going to have to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And I I guarantee you the policy is not to ignore the state legislation that says that you're, you know. By law. You have have to, by law, provide. X amount of spaces, right. Handicapped people. So. That isn't the policy. They didn't know the policy. Look, first of all, how can this guy say that that's the policy when two minutes ago he didn't know the policy? He didn't know the policy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He had to ask somebody. And, you know, the person that that he was asking, I don't know, I'm assuming was the supervisor because he said, let me ask my supervisor. And she just yelled it out literally across the parking lot um, at us. I mean, we're literally sitting there with our windows rolled down. There's people walking around us. There's people walking by us. And basically called me out, made me look like an ass. On top of that, I didn't, I don't want like a, a, a neon sign on my car saying, Hey, handicapped guy here. Right. I mean, that's not what I was asking for. And I thought that the way that she handled things was completely wrong. And I don't think that, you know, the management for the Agora probably has any idea that they're doing that or treating anybody like that. Right. But well, they, need sure they, not, they need but to know. They need right. to. They need Right. If you don't tell them who will. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I again, and I don't want to throw names and whatever too much around, but I know the owner of the Agora. I know Chris. He's a good dude. And I can guarantee you the first thing he's going to be, first thing he's going to ask you is what was the name if you know it? Because he'll handle it. He won't right. just be like, oh, okay, well, you know, that sucks. Too bad. He won't be like that because he's a, you know, there's a reason he's pretty respected in town. And right. that's because he is a good dude and he runs a good operation. That being said, his operation failed him. It failed him. Yeah, he, he needed to not. Good manager would want to know. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, so, well, 
All right, I'm jumping off. I'll let you go back to your show. All right, that's cool. Thanks. Good to see you. All right, guys. See you. And I I think, you know, he's probably right. I I need to. to Well, that time will come. You said you were going to call. Give us a, you know, keep us up to date. Let us know what happens after you talk to him, and we'll go from there. But (laughs) uh, if they didn't wish you were there. Good. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was good. Hey, listen, there are a couple other things that we discussed talking about tonight that uh, I think deserve some attention, and people are doing a good job of uh, messaging and stuff like that on the WTC message line. But um, um, why don't we take a quick break and then uh, tease some stuff coming out on, on the other side? Sounds like a plan. We'll be hey. back in about a minute. The SethWilliamsShow.com brought to you by Chris Aiken, Aiken IT Services. Much appreciated. Also, we've got to give a big thanks to Tony Masaccio, our restaurant reporter, and Tammy, a special friend of the show. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of our sponsors for everything that you do. We'll be right back. Does your company need fresh teas? Have you paid an arm and a leg for the ones you have? Worried about poor quality when you pay less? Stop worrying, Northeast Ohio, and visit us at www.wctees.com At Wolf Creek Media, we're family owned, we offer simple pricing, and we're fair and honest. We even have an in-house graphic designer and cover all your apparel needs. So if you need t-shirts, hoodies, banners, or any other type of printing, call us at 330-353-9695 or visit us at wctees.com That's WCTs.com, a proud sponsor of The Seth Williams Show. Right back here on The Seth Williams Show with Mike Chisoka live. Monday nights, Wednesday nights, 5 o'clock, 5 to 7. Uh, Don't forget to get your In the Air, your In the Air t-shirts, an homage to Triv, uh, on the website, thesethwilliamsshow.com, brought to you by uh, WCTs.com, WCTs.com, Wolf Creek Media. Uh, we appreciate those guys. And also get your free show stickers on uh, the Um, Thanks to Aaron Sign Company for that. If you missed the website, it's scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Also scrolling at the bottom of the screen is the uh, way to get a hold of us if you want to join us via join video chat. Um, Jim Isabella is going to be coming on in just a little bit just to weigh in on some of the topics of the day. Uh, we've been talking about this, the whole... Me uh, not being able to see the Wish You Were Here concert at the Agora because of the parking situation where I was told everybody's handicapped for quite some time. But a lot of stuff is going on. Um, <clears throat> a lot of stuff we uh, talked about last week. Damar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and actually wow. headed back to uh, to Buffalo. So that's good. And continuing his, good. Uh, his treatments and, and recovering well. Apparently he's been walking around and Talking now, I do have a question. I don't know if anybody uh, noticed this, but the Buffalo Bills radio announcer before Monday night's football game uh, over the weekend had a stroke and is still recovering from said stroke. So uh, I don't know. I didn't see anybody wanting to cancel the rest of the uh, NFL season because somebody else had a stroke. But anyways. I'm happy for Damar Hamlin and wish the uh, radio announcer well uh, as well, I guess. Um, Damar Hamlin was on the band, so that is a very good thing. 
It's funny because I thought that was a little insensitive. Uh, too, I did do a little bit of research after uh, we talked and found out that in Buffalo, they did do a little bit of a disclaimer before the game started and before Mr. Hamlin got hurt and saying that uh, the announcer would not be doing the game that night because he was ill, but they didn't go into the fact that it was a stroke and they didn't go into the fact and stuff like that. But like I told you when we first uh, discussed uh, bringing this up tonight, um, I don't think that would have happened here in Cleveland. Because no, I, right. I remember just a few weeks ago when um, Jim Donovan had, uh, I don't know whether it was a cold or whether what you and I had, no, 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 no. whatever the case, he couldn't broadcast that night because, you know, his throat well, a couple nights, else yeah. wasn't up to it. Right. And we covered that. But if Jim had had something in this town, somebody in the organization, somebody else on the broadcast team, somebody else on the team would have said, and we're praying for Jim. We're pulling for Jim. Let's hope he's up and at it and, and on and on and on. Because just the discrepancy in not paying any attention, which goes back to what you said uh, a couple weeks ago and again today about how um, you wonder if all of this would have gotten the attention that it got if it had happened in the locker room. Yeah, if it didn't happen on the field in front of 70,000 fans and on national TV, this would not have happened. Um would not have gotten the attention that uh, that it got, and I feel bad for the announcer and his family who. Right, you know, I hope everything's fine for, for his life. Had a stroke and you right. know, were basically not acknowledged by anybody. I mean, that story. I had to, you know, I, I happened to see it, and, but it wasn't on a major <laughs> site. And all of a sudden, some people started picking it up, but it definitely wasn't the talk of the town. And to be honest with you, when I asked somebody about it over the weekend, um. I was told, quote by this person, does it really matter? He was just an old white guy. And I found that slightly offensive and yeah, and bothersome. It's a little jaded. Think that. Right. But, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, So we could talk about that. If you want to weigh in on that, you can. And also. I got one other one. And I want to talk to Jim about this too. But please. I got more than that. Yeah. I am having. A real hard time dealing with the fact that a six-year-old kid shows up at school with a pistol and shoots his teacher. I mean, it's tragic on so many levels, but one of the levels is it is something that is completely outside the scope of anything that's contemplated by our laws. There is nothing can happen, will happen to this kid in any criminal situation because he's six years old. Right. You know, he's not a juvenile in the sense of what we think of 12, 13, 14, 15. There have been plenty of people 15 years old, premeditated, this, that, and other. But tomorrow, the next day, part of this investigation, if that kid sat there, looked at the cops and said, I hate that teacher. If I see her again, I'll shoot her again. Nothing criminal is going to happen to that kid. Not that it should, but then it begs the question, how is your gun, dad, older brother, mom, somebody, in the house, in a position, and with access for the kid to come home, take it to school, 
and then shoot the teacher. Uh, Happy Hamlin is doing better, but the fact that the NFL turned it into a marketing selling shirts and hats was disgusting. Well, I don't know how much much of that was NFL licensed products. Everybody did their own. I mean, what's his name? Kevin Mahomes went out and had his own custom T-shirt made. A lot of the stuff that happened in Buffalo are going to. It's capitalism, dude. If there's an opportunity to sell something and promote something, it's going to happen. Uh, Sandy says, very distasteful act by the Steelers doing fake CPR on one of their players after a play as he laid there. He was fine, just a very tacky, asinine act. I thought I saw that. I thought I saw that, but I I, I didn't want to believe that they did that. I, I thought I saw that. Did that actually happen? Did you watch the game? Yeah, there's no shortage of uh, poor taste in this country. We're lacking a lot of stuff. Poor taste ain't one of them. Another thing I want to get into uh, with Jim about, but feel free to join in on any of these topics. Um, but gambling is already ruining the lives of some people here in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Kosar relieved of his duties um, after making a bet, $19,000 bet on the Cleveland Browns. 19. Coincidence. A, he bet his number a thousand times over. All right, but he was supposedly going to give the money to charity if they won. Um, so, but I think, is he part of the Browns organization? If he's part of the Browns organization, then the NFL does have rules against betting on your team. On your own team. Correct. So you can't do that. And, you know, my wife was saying, well, you know, he's betting for charity and what's the big deal? Because, and he doesn't really have an outcome or an effect on the outcome of the game. You wouldn't think, but Rules are rules. You can't bet on your, on team. your own team. Oh, well. So gambling in Ohio already are destroying the lives of many people. <coughs> well, at least one that we know for sure. Um, but this Hamlin thing, look, this, I, I'm very happy that this guy is, is, is doing better and everything else. I think that this country reacted in such a way immediately because of that it was on national television. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's still something to be proud of because he didn't have to be cajoled or talked into. The mere fact that everybody reacted the right way, sympathy, support, guys from both sides, fans from both teams, uh, you know, at the hospital with candles, hoping he was all right, uh, spontaneous prayer services, I mean, all kinds of stuff. We did all the right things. It's not like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars did the same thing that that one A did when he texted. Oh my God, they really messed up my fantasy playoff day. That's not how everybody reacted. That guy's charity um, that wanted to raise twenty five hundred dollars now has six million plus to spend on those kids. I mean, those kind of things. So the mere fact that that happened and they reacted the right way and everybody took the high road immediately for me was a little bit edifying and, you know, kind of uh, reinforces the fact that, and my belief in the fact that deep down uh, we cut through all the BS that supposedly separates us and we're some pretty decent people, right. especially gonna, here in Northeast Ohio. I'm going to just toss this out there. I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything like that because I am very happy that he's doing well. Right. I'm just throwing out the question. Did we, as a country, did we overreact to what happened at this game? 
People die on a regular basis. People have heart attacks every single day, every minute of every single day. Yeah. Did we overreact? One, we didn't wait to the final solution with the final end of what was actually happening. He's okay. Yeah, but everybody's Thanks reaction. Was, Thanks everybody's reaction. Were, everybody's reaction were prayers that he would be again. Okay. Did and we, th- we didn't overreact prayer. because nobody else <laughs> dies on national TV. Again, you're coming up the national damn television part of it. That's my problem. No, it shouldn't be a problem. We were all watching. If nobody if, reacted that way to the poor announcer who had a stroke over the weekend. Nobody because, reacted that way to, to people that die or have heart attacks every single day. We reacted to the situation because it was on national television and people want to feel good about themselves. And that's no, fine. No, 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 no. They were but all we privy. I'm no. just throwing it out there. I understand that, but I have a different take. The fact that it was on national television meant we were all privy to the moment and did the right thing. It's just like when somebody with some sort of celebrity of any kind is in an accident, passes away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People show up outside the apartment, outside the intersection. You're damn right. What makes that so special? And so and so. What makes that guy who's a celebrity so damn special that we have to do uh, prayer vigils outside their homes or whatever? They're no different than anybody else that has a heart attack, dies, or is suffering with cancer or suffering with any other disease every single day. And we put these people on these pedestals and we make them gods. We make them so great compared to everybody else that is going through all these different problems every single day. There's a guy out there with his family who just had a stroke or a heart attack or just died. And their family doesn't have $7 million in the bank. Thanks to, you know, people reacting the way that they did. There are people out there that have $0. Yeah, but Seth, their family has a problem. What's and wrong with the good behavior? They are because of who they are. They get put up on this pedestal, and they get that kind of adoration and that kind of respect. How many why, times again, have look, you driven past a telephone pole? Look, let me finish. Surround it. Me too. Let me let somebody get a word in edgewise. Sensitive, but these people are no different than the people that are suffering every single day with the same kind of problems. And why aren't we raising money for them? Those people need it just as much. Okay. And the first time we do that so that everybody's treated the same and everybody is is blessed with that kind of thing, every single person's going to scream, oh, you socialist. Period. To treat everybody the same way is something I've been harping about for years. And, and you should hear the names people call. Damar she- Hamlin is no different than me. Amen. So do and we so raise the, the bar? That, that guy is going to be we lower $7 million. Do we, do we raise the bar or do we lower it? Do we tell people to, to just look at NASA and say too bad happens to everybody? Or do we do a little bit more to elevate and be concerned about everybody well, else? That's the question. Do we I'm raise the bar or lower it? That's the question I'm throwing out there. What do and we do? Because I'm we, sick and tired of putting the, the celebrities on a different status level than you or me. They don't do anything special. Just because you make a movie doesn't make you special. You know, there's people out there that work a hell of a lot harder than a dumbass like Robert De Niro. And that guy's a billionaire for what? Because he made a couple of good movies? A couple? Yeah. He made Meet the Fockers and he was a, a good fella or good fellas or whatever. So, you know, I could care less about Robert De Niro or his family or anybody else making that kind of money for doing something entertainment-wise. Okay. There's a guy that's working at a Ford plant 
who may have a heart attack and die, and his family is going to be broke for the rest of their lives. All right, then let me ask you a question. If there's a guy working at that Ford plant that makes a better lasagna than Guy Fieri, how do we make sure that that guy gets the show instead of Guy Fieri? Look, you can't have capitalism again, and I'm you not can't have people getting exposed to things. And there is only room for so many, quote unquote, at the top, unless I'm you do not, a better job of leveling the playing field. I'm not saying that a guy like Guy Fieri, who I actually really enjoy watching. His so work, do I. But he's um, no different than anybody else. Every, if he has a heart attack and dies tomorrow in the middle of his show, people sorry. are going to react. You can't Again, say, well, stop I don't have a problem of- with him making his money or him doing his shows and that sort of thing. What I have a problem with is why do we put them on a pedestal to make them so much better than you or I? The fact that DeMar Hamlin had, I think he's better than had cardiac arrest on the field. Again, I feel awful for him. I feel awful for his family. And I'm very happy that he is recovering well and that God bless him. But what makes him and his family so different than the guy who's working at the McDonald's, who's managing it, and he has cardiac cardiac arrest, and he's not going to make $7 million off of it. Circumstance. That's all I'm asking. Circumstance. Circumstance. How many times? So if I would have learned to catch a football, no, then I football. guess I'd be in a better, you know, let's, let's turn to something that we can agree that you're a little more versed in. How many times have you sat there and watch somebody in the middle of a porn and said to yourself, I'm much better than he is. I've never said that. I've never said that. Well, you could and should and stuff like that. But I'm not better than anybody. When that occasion occasion happens, you got to just accept the fact that for whatever the reason, he got the break. I, again, I, I'm not, I mean, I don't know why anybody, I, I'm not better than anybody. I don't know why. You, no, it's not a matter that, of better. I'm talking think, about technique. No. I'm talking about, you know, you can achieve the same event and not need three fingers. I, I, I whatever. You have to nearly die to raise $2,500 for kids for Christmas. I totally agree with that. Right. His, his little GoFundMe well, thing wasn't here's the thing. until he had a cardiac arrest on the field. Now he's got $7 million. Okay, but that's not true, too, because he was on his way to making the 2500 and that's all he asked for. It'd be a whole different story if he just said, hey, I play football. I want seven mil. It's out of the, you know, you can't put the break. If people are going to be good, you can't put the brakes on how good they're going to be. You either have that intention and you expect the best out of people or people rise to the occasion or you don't. You don't run around and try to take a hot steamy all over the fact because people did it. Well, again, I'm not trying to talk bad about the guy. I'm just saying that I the inequity in this world is asking if our country overreacts to certain situations. Okay, I didn't react at all to the Buffalo Bills announcer who had a stroke. Most people don't even know that he did. Right. It's like we react to the point of he DeMar Hamlin is on every news channel, probably across the world because of what happened. When that kind of stuff happens to people every day, I'm going to be lucky if I make it through this show without having cardiac arrest. I mean, it happens. And I feel awful that it happened. But did we react in such a way? Again, some people had the guy dead before. The guy's alive now. He's walking around. They didn't have him dead. Got to be careful. But here's the thing. If I can take people out of this for a minute. Be careful about what? His heart stopped. People had him. Right. He was in a coma the first couple of days. So he wasn't affecting anything. what they said about the guy? There were people that changed his Wikipedia page 10 minutes after he went down. Well, that's social media. 
his Wikipedia page said that he had died. They gave the that, date welcome to death the internet. Welcome to why you can't page. trust so the internet. That. I mean, people did it here. So my get, point is, is look at it this way, Seth. Overreact as a country. Look at it this way. You sit there at night and you watch the news, and they show you things about crime. They show you things about suffering. They show you things about natural disasters. They show you things about horrible people. <laughs> And the disadvantaged, and there's the war in, in Ukraine, and there's just all kinds of suffering all over this planet. And then they cut to a commercial, and it's the baby elephant. It, it's that picture behind you that reminded me. There's the commercial about the little baby elephant, and they say baby elephants are really close to being driven extinct. And I look at that little baby elephant after all the stuff that I just saw, and the thought that goes through my mind is. You better get in line, dude. It's going to be a long time before people get around to paying attention as to whether or not there are any elephants around until after you leave. That's what we're trying to fight on a daily basis because there are too many people on this planet that think we're only here to eat and shop. See, I I, I agree with Gunner here. It's a great distraction. It changes the national narrative. We ignore what is really going on in America. We do. We absolutely do. Uh, I'll give you an example. The other day, <clears throat> I got an alert on my phone that said there was a ceasefire in Ukraine. From somebody that, no, that was on, to stir trouble. That was a national news site because I get alerts on my phone. Well, just because it's a national news site doesn't mean it's yeah, Do I ever get to finish what I'm saying here? Yeah, but they and make so shit I up. Searched, I searched every news site yeah. that I could possibly find, and there was nothing. Right. Couldn't find it anywhere. I've heard more about the Republicans in the House than I've heard about the war in Ukraine in the past week. Because yeah, we're we choose stories that we want to pick and choose. This story was one that we picked and chose to be a national story. The guy is okay, but we reacted in such a way before we even knew the outcome. We reacted in such a way that all of a sudden he's got $7 million in the bank and has become a national hero. Jim Isabella joins us. Jim. Hi, Jim. Greetings, one and all. How how you like the look? Looking good. Looking good. Did you go to Mario's? Um, hang on a second here. Something just happened. Um, <laughs> hang on. You turn uh, I'm just trying sideways. to see this. Is something never right. They throw it sideways. Let's see that. That doesn't. Happen. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. There you go. There we go. That looks much, much better. <laughs> Except for we're just seeing yeah. your chin. There, there you go. go. Yeah. I got to set it back even a little further. Wait a minute. Yep. I'm cool. resting against something. You know, these phone things are unbelievable, aren't they? They just, they're there to anger. Actor dogs. Okay. There we go. SPCA commercials are actor dogs. I agree with you. Oh, I, did, I totally think that the dogs in those commercials – they purposely put flies around them and put them on chains to make them act. And then people support them and give them all kind of money. Totally agree with that, Sandy. Okay. And what's wrong with that? Because the real conditions still exist. Who? It doesn't diminish the truth of anything. There you are, Jim. Hello there. Have you been following along with what we've been talking about? I have. I will tell you the truth. I rushed to get my lottery tickets for tonight. And um, I decided, so when I came back home here, 
then I had to do a couple of things that go, holy crap, I'm looking at the time. So I did not have chance. So are you talking about those those commercials, which I purposely have to turn away from because I get too teary-eyed? Yeah, that was one of many. That was one of them. That was but just I to was, illustrate I, a bigger point. I was point. just kind of saying, Jim, that as a country, we overreact to things. And I'm just tossing mm-hmm. it out there. I, I feel bad what happened to DeMar Hamlin. I do. I feel terrible mm-hmm. about what happened to him. And uh, I'm happy that he's doing well. He was released today from the hospital in Cincinnati. He's off to Buffalo uh, where he's going to keep getting treatment. But he's up. He's walking. He's talking. Yeah. I feel, I'm very excited for him and his family. But my point was is that the radio announcer for the Buffalo Bills had a stroke before the game over the weekend. Yeah. Um, before this happened to DeMar. And you barely heard anything about it. There wasn't a national story about it. And nobody cared. And my point is we put some of these people like these athletes on pedestals and these celebrities with prayer visuals outside their homes when something happens, they get in a car accident, and it's a national tragedy. And we need to stop doing that. We need to stop putting um, the, mm-hmm. these celebrities and these athletes to the point where you know, the guy didn't die. He's okay. We never even waited to see the outcome of the situation before his GoFundMe went from $2,500 to raise money for toys for Christmas mm-hmm. for kids to $7 million. And I, I'm just trying to figure out what we're doing wrong. Well, I'm just being insensitive. I don't know. Maybe I am. Well, let me start with the problem. <clears throat> this was a unique situation. You're not totally wrong, but this happened in front of national TV. Video is everything. Even your think about your podcast. The more effective podcast is what a video, right? I mean, just just being real. And because it happened on national TV, and the announce and God bless the poor announcers because they got in the, they got stuck in hell because there's nothing. There, what are you going to say except speculative stuff? And they fortunately they stayed away from the speculation. Um, and they just and it was, you know. 50 minutes of their lives, I'm sure they'd like to have not have gone through because there was emotion, there's all this. And you have to play the elements here. There's a psychology to this. This particular unplanned situation is a reflection of we're never prepared for bad news. And everything's got to be utopian, loving, kind. And when something like this happens and reality kicks in, that this guy could be on his deathbed, or is dying on the field, um, there's a certain uh, part of it that people, because, again, it's on TV, it's live, it's happening at that moment, people were different. Now, I will tell you this thing that people didn't come out with for four or five days. He was not going to be, if he had died, thank God he didn't, the first player to die on the field. The first player to die on the field was in 1970, Chuck Hughes. I remember that being a kid. Because, and I didn't, I read some details from his wife that he grabbed his heart and went down. And what was really tragic about that guy, he, he was a death waiting to happen. In the autopsy, he was, tw- Chuck Hughes was 28 years old, played for the Detroit Lions. When they did the autopsy, and you look at the results, they couldn't have saved him. He had a hardening of the arteries at 28 years old. They could not have saved him with even the new techniques of today. And, they were talking about that the other day. So there was a guy literally died in the field. But because it wasn't on national TV, it it, it didn't matter. And, and I said that if this would have happened to DeMar Hamlin inside the locker room 
uh, yes. through the game or at halftime, this would not have happened. The country the would not have reacted the way that it did. Correct. Unless the game was held up. Yeah, well, maybe. The game being held up played a big factor in all of this. Yeah, if they did right come out of the so, locker room. And then, right. Jim, we briefly started talking about, Sandy brought up uh, these commercials uh, where they have the dogs that are, like, on chains of flies flying around them. So that they're actor dogs. <laughs> and that you know, that takes away from, you know, whether it's actually true or not. Somebody said, Joyce says, somebody else. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Those stupid-ass circuses. One, one point at a time. How does whether or not they're recreating have anything to do with the truth of their being? No. The substance of the commercial is diminished if it isn't real life. They portray it to be. I completely disagree. Completely disagree. When somebody stands in front of and says nine to nine out of ten doctors agree that you know Lavoris is the best mouthwash. If that's the truth, who cares if you get somebody good looking and handsome to tell? That's what a commercial is. I want to see commercial isn't real life, and I don't believe the nine out of ten doctors believe that. I don't disagree, but don't tell me if you see six dogs that look like they're suffering, there aren't six million dogs out there (laughs) suffering. Uh, Joyce wants to know what's in the bottle that I'm drinking. Uh, Diet Coke. There you go. Mm. Okay. I mean, mean... the one thing you couldn't have done with Damar is have Mm -hmm. everybody who was in the announcing position says, folks, don't get carried away and make too big a deal out of this until he dies. That would have been disgusting. Well, by the way, congratulations to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know Mike. No kidding. Well, let me start real quick on this and then I'll get back to the animal thing. Mike Tomlin, who I know a lot about, is an emotional guy, he's a good guy. I can't imagine when he saw the videotape of one of his players doing a pretend CPR. I can't. That guy is lucky he didn't find a gun and shoot his ass because I know Mike Tomlin well enough that that would have pissed him off as it would piss all of us off. So. Not a Pittsburgh. I, I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are a class organization, and I'm sure if that guy wasn't fired, there would be hell to raise. Did you and see the right- game last night? The uh, yes, the Packers game. Did you see the one of the Packers went up when a Lions player was down on the ground, and he shoved one of the Lions trainers in the back when the trainer was going in to try to to, to help out. And they ejected him from the game, and then they showed videos of him going down the tunnel, and he's crying like a baby. But well, that's what you did. Second time on Sunday Night Football, he's been thrown out of a game. Yeah. He's, a moron. <laughs> he, he's If he isn't bipolar, they ought to check him out. Seriously, he's got issues. Agreed. To, to, push, to push that guy, even if he was going to push him out of the way, the referees in here go, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here. Yeah. I mean, honestly – People are – there are too many morons out there right now, and I guess I'm probably saying the same thing. Now, as far as your dog thing, let, let me lump this together with something else. The dog, the dog commercials um, are, are really tug at the strings, but so do the Shriners commercials and St. Jude, yeah. which are all one of the organizations. Let me be very clear. All three – are very worthy organizations. Um, I'm sure, I'm surprised the food banks haven't found somebody to run commercials for them in you know, Akron Canton and then they had the one in Cleveland. But what are you going to do, show a starving kid? They do with, with, with commercials about, you know, starving Africans. And the one that shocked me the most was the time I saw 
about there are people starving in Israel. I went, what? People are starving in Israel? Um, I, I understand. I think, uh, by the way, uh, I found out if Danny Thomas is to get sainthood, it would have to come from the L.A. Uh, Catholic district out there because it's where he died. Weird thing. I think he should be a saint because he's brought more miracles by raising all the money he did for St. Jude and getting that started than anybody I can think of. But anyhow, I'm going sidetracked. But they tug at your heartstrings. And it's hard on me. And I don't know about anybody else in the audience. Let me say this to you. I wish I was rich because I could just give whatever the hell I wanted to. Right. And I wish I was also rich when I see... There, I, I go through this terrible guilt thing where I see people on the side of the road thinking, are they being real with me that they need money or are they, you know, scam everybody, you can't and do it to all so, these organizations. You can't do it. It's so hard. And that's why I've gotten to the point where I've had to turn things off for my own sanity. I mean, you know, by the way, that loom thing that I see on the screen. Please don't. You don't have to be graphic. You just say places that you don't want to stink. Um, and I hear it's supposed to be really good. By the way, do you know deodorant has aluminum in it? Yes. Yeah. But that Lumi like, commercial gets me want to buy it. I mean, I'm telling you right now, that Lumi commercial makes me want one. Yeah. She's talking about you, know, you put that cream in your butt crack and everywhere else. That's going to work. I'm telling you. That's a great product, and I need to get that as a sponsor for the show. No doubt. <laughs> but it, Chris, the Lumi girl does stink, and she uses that product. I'm telling you right now, if we're going to put stuff as advertising, you need to use the product. And I think that's what, kind of what Sandy was saying. One, she made a couple of different points. One, about these dogs being out there. You need to have real dogs and a real suffering to show it and makes it more believable. But also what she was saying is she was bringing up the fact that when Biden went to the border over the weekend mm -hmm. or whatever, they cleaned up the area. So when yeah. Biden got there, it didn't look like it, like it used to or like it normally does with people coming all, illegally all over the place. So that was kind of her point with that. Um, <clears throat> but there were there were many, many, many sick and abused dogs years before Biden was president. So there's no connection there whatsoever. And the mere fact is, if you were showing actual footage of dogs that were outside, it would be the same thing Sam Kinison said about the people starving in Africa. Give them a sandwich. Why doesn't the cameraman give them a sandwich? You know what Why Sam Kinison the also said? Bring them inside. You know what Sam also said? He said, move them. To yeah. where the food is. Don't send food. Send suitcases. We <laughs> send have them. deserts. We just don't live there. Send them U-Hauls. Pack them up and move them to where the food is. Yeah. Hey, we got lots of empty buildings you could put the homeless in. <laughs> well, here's food. the thing. You know, mm -hmm. we joke and we laugh. And I'm I'm a comic and that's my whole life is finding the incongruity of things. Mm -hmm. But if the, if the richest 1% of people in this country paid the same amount or the same rate of taxes as the three of us on this screen, mm -hmm. 
We'd raise somewhere in the neighborhood of $245 billion, which means we could solve hunger in this country, period. We can't because they wouldn't spend the money on it. Exactly. But here's the other point. We'd still have $200 billion left. Well, because... And that's the they that we need to go after. Because you're right, Jim. They wouldn't spend the money on it. But the money's there. The math is real. We just have to do a better job of demanding that people do what we want them to do and not just sit back and bitch and try to blame each side. I will let you guys in a little secret. And I'm not kidding you. Uh, I have been approached by some political people about possibly doing something. You can kind of put two and two together. Uh-huh. And when I had the discussion, one of the things I told the, the guy was, look, I am a believer in pragmatic simple. In every city in the United States of America, there should be, there's three issues. Economics, which on a local level, you really don't control. That's more the economy. You don't have, but you do have the power to get police and take care of your roads. And those are the things people think about, those three things. And how come we can't get money for police roads? Now, I will tell you a story that needs to be brought forward here. Wait, before you do that, Jim... Before you do that, we got to take a quick break. We got to get this stuff in, and you can tell your story. That's a tease. The answer right after this. There's a tease. (laughs) There's your tease. We'll be right back. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over, but then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran-owned and proud. Joe Berta creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair. 
13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. Winter is here, so call Charlie's Auto Repair for snow plowing needs. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Jusoka live. And I got to thank um, Charlie's Auto Repair. Um, Jim on the hotline and Chris on the hotline earlier. Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood. A good dude. And if you need some snow plowing, we are going to get more snow. Call Charlie and get your car done and get some snow plowing done. And thanks to WCETs.com. Uh, Wolf Creek Media for the message line. A lot of messages coming in tonight, uh, so that's very good. We are excited about that. Make a message of the show. Thanks to WCTs.com, Wolf Creek Media. Uh, Joyce wants to know what you're drinking, Mike. Blue Moon. There you go. Yes, there is. Cleaning up El Paso. There's a farce just like the SPCA commercials. They're not All right. farces. Jim. My point. Jim, go ahead with your story. What do you got? Okay, so we're talking about cleaning up cities. Um, and uh, by the way, I'll clue you in on one quick thing. If the Browns hire Brian Flores, by game six or seven next year, he'll be your head coach when they fire Stefanski. Nice. I'm yeah, probably. Interesting. Okay, but I'll save that for later. All right. right. Rudy Giuliani, when he took over New York City, it was a cesspool of crime. And when he ran, he said, we're going to put more resources into police. He said, there's not enough money. He goes, we're going to find it in the budget. we got to cut programs. And they did. And he and then Bloomberg after him kept the city safe until de Blasio got in there. <laughs> um, and, and truthfully, that's that was the sad part of it, was that those guys had kept it safe, and the crime rates kept going down until you know what happened. And de Blasio got in and ruined everything. Every city, you know, like I said, if I ever get involved in politics and we're having some negotiations about it, if I ever ran for something, that's that's roads and 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 police are what everybody really cares about. You drive on the roads, you can't avoid them, and police are something you want because you want to feel safe. Right. You want to feel like, oh, here's about a 50-minute wait for home invasion that just happened to me or you know, God forbid, kid gets raped or something. I'll tell you you this. When I went to New York, when Giuliani was uh, in charge, I actually went there because I was uh, doing an audition with some people on Howard Stern's channels. I'm serious. And yeah, and it was actually pretty cool. We got to do an entire weekend and a couple of days of shows there. And But we walked around New York City and we didn't have a thing to worry about. When Giuliani was in charge, that place ran like clockwork, and it was great. And it's gone downhill so much. My daughter's supposed to go there this summer, and I'm scared. I'm scared for her going to New York City. Well, first of all, anytime, whether you're male or female, because sometimes we act like we're such big, tough guys, but if someone's got a gun, that eliminates your big toughness. You need to have groups of people together. You need to make sure your person isn't vulnerable for theft um, and all that stuff. But that's what happened in New York. New York is now a cesspool again. Yeah. Now nobody wants to be at Times Square. 
except for TJ Holmes and Amy Robach from Good Morning America, who are both about to lose their jobs because they're having <laughs> an affair. Um, those are two egomaniacs. But my point is that all of what we're talking about today is about what what appeals to you politically, what appeals to me, someone can keep me safe in that. When you're talking about those commercials, those commercials are there to get you to give money and tug at your heartstrings. And I get all that. I, I don't care if they're real or not real. Um, I think Triv said this one time. People care more about their pets than they do people. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I hate to say it, but um, so there's all of that. And as I said, hopefully I'll have something to tell you soon about, well, we'll see what's going to happen with me on the political side. Yeah, looking forward to Good. that. Good, looking forward to that. Yeah, you got to announce it here when you do it. That's for sure. I pick a time and a place, and I give you the heads up. We'll cover you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, the thing is, what I realize, even in my thought process at the moment, is if I get involved in politics, I want a job where I can actually get something accomplished, period. What, whatever that may be. Um and I'm the kind of person that I can't stand failure. I don't want to be around failures. I want to be around losers. And, I've been, and we've all been around those kind of people. Uh, see management, certain radio stations for details. But, um, you don't know who I'm talking about. But oh, yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, the, I think that what you guys are talking about a lot of, and I wish, I hope those who are watching tonight pick up on this is the reality is we are not, we don't fulfill our obligations, our human obligations. When I talk at the facility I work at with the alcoholics and drug users or a combination thereof, I talk, I can't, I've never been an alcoholic and I've never been a drug user, so I have no idea. But I talk to them about the human side of things and about being passionate and uh, you know finding something that makes you happy outside of that, hanging out with the right people. And I feel like we waste more time in word salad than we do anything else. What's the term? Do you guys know what the term is now they're using for people who don't have enough food? There's a new term they use. It's some fancy hungry word. <laughs> Not hungry. It's um, food deficient. Yes. Really? That's why don't you just say there are people who are out there need food? Hello, hello, McFly. Why is no. it that we use words? <laughs> just talk English. It goes. Just it goes back way. Or, Jim, you remember this? Things started to slide and go downhill when supposedly there was going to be this great leveling and great bringing everybody at the same level. We stopped calling janitors janitors, and they all became. <laughs> sanitary engineers they're not engineers they're janitors mm -hmm. and, so how about some interactive trivia with the audience i'll give them a question in a minute but we should do that we're gonna do we're gonna do that on wednesday we're gonna give away a shirt or two on all right okay we'll do some trivia on wednesday um, but you go ahead mike I, what you're saying and, and so what i'm saying is you know um 
they talk about the 50s and the 60s, the doctors and the union guys and the janitors, they all lived in the same neighborhood. The the doctor may have had a Cadillac and the union guy may have had a Buick and somebody else may have driven, you know, so on and so forth. And they had different houses and better cars, but they all still lived in the same neighborhood. Everything floated away. And and I, I listened to one woman one year. This had to be in the mid uh, late seventies, and I was listening to Rush, and she kept saying over and over and over, "Well, you know, I'm the CEO, and I'm a CEO, and I'm a CEO." And finally, Rush asked her, "Well, um, let me ask, ma'am, uh, what company? Uh, what what, are, what company are you the CEO of?" And she says, "Oh, I I I sell mail order seeds through you know I I sell seeds through the mail." So yeah. this lady is hustled packets of C- and called herself a CEO. It, it well, just, yeah. That, yeah. And that's what I mean about word set. Nothing is the face it, you know, somebody's at the top, somebody's in the middle, somebody's at the bottom and we're all still the same, but we try to pretend that all those differences don't exist. Well, it, it's yeah. funny you say that because like my title I'm a residential aide is pretty appropriate because I'm at a residence and I help Correct. the guys out there. So that's a proper title. But I love the like 10 and 12 word titles that people right. have. Now. The vice president of overseeing sewer sanitation and miscellaneous items. Uh, basically, you're in charge of crap. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank and, you. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure at iHeartRadio, they have like 6,000 vice presidents. I've probably told the story. I worked once for only a month. Them, so. Yeah. So Radio Shack, one day, and I was working there, and they had me sit on this meeting, had no less, I kid you not, than 15 vice presidents pitching different things that were coming in around Christmas. Now, what was Radio Shack's biggest problem? Nobody knew what they were anymore. They would have a TV or two on sale. They'd have screws that you could get. They'd have electronic, but they weren't defined. So they had 15 vice presidents who made money stealing, as far as I was concerned. Because if you can't define who you are, how are you going to be successful? That's why they went out of business. They lost right. their identity right. as an electronic store. And, you know, it's, it's the same with all these other people. They have to have all these damn titles. Well, first of all, why do you need a title uh, beyond president, vice president, um, sales manager? I mean, simple stuff. You don't have to make it hard. But in this society, everything is a word salad. Right. I mean, you listen to Pete, as I like to call him, that moron in the White House who can't, who hasn't done his job yet, Secretary of Transportation. You go, why is he there? He doesn't function as anything. Well, because he's married to a guy. I was going to say, well, we know why he's I'm... there, Jim. We know exactly why he's there. Because he's yeah, a figurehead. They found me out of his cabinet. They made him a, a symbol of whatever. And that's why he's there. I mean, there's no there's yeah. way too much style over substance. Well, yeah. yeah that's, that's why what has frightened me over the years is when I tell the truth. People can't handle the truth. The old Jack Nicholson line. Right, right. They can't handle it. It's like, oh, my God, 
And I, I remember having a conversation with somebody. I forget what the subject was. And they said, well, I said, is that not the truth? Well, yeah, but you don't have to put it that way. So we made sissies out of everybody. Well, and yeah, you can't disagree with people anymore because they get really hurt. They get really upset. And it happens all the time. If you disagree with somebody, we can't. We're not allowed to talk about the, the, the shot here on this show because if we do, the the big tech companies will ban you. They will flag you and they will say that you're wrong because you give an opinion because people can't agree on stuff. And, and that's the way it is. I mean, well, they're also that, it's upsetting. I had a guy that emailed us after the last show that we did. And he was so upset because I wouldn't talk about uh, the shot and uh, whether DeMar Hamlin was what happened to him was a product of that because I'm not going to, because I want to keep the show and I want to keep doing what we're doing and they won't let you have an opinion. You can't have an opinion on anything. You can't say Pete Buttigieg doesn't deserve his job because somebody right. will get offended by it. Somebody's offended by everything. By the way, I just glanced at the headlines over my shoulder and now <laughs> they're <laughs> apparently the justice department or FBI is looking into they found top secret documents in Biden's office at his home. Well, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what, you can't write comedy like this. You really can't write the comedy. I, mean, it's, it's well, I stayed up the other night like an idiot to uh, see in round 15, ding, ding, ding. Ah, we finally got a speaker here, kids. You know, it was like 15 round boxing man. Food insecurity. Yes, that's what the term is. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. But I will tell you, watching that was a great education in human relations. First of all, I want to say one thing to Matt Gates. You come debate Jim Isabel, I'll kick your butt. I will destroy you in a debate because you're a selfish, egotistical wimp. You couldn't even vote when you finally agreed. Well, yeah, we should. No, you didn't have, you couldn't man up and say, hey, I decided to vote for him. After, because I got everything I wanted, he could man up and who's that Lauren? Whatever, she thinks Bober. she's a hot. Bober. She's hot. I'll, I'll give her a Bober. <laughs> Just kidding for you, That's Jim. Jim Isabella. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. But the point <laughs> is, that was an exercise in utter futility. You knew who was going to win eventually, yeah. but they wanted showtime. And then it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, okay, finally I can see him make his little speaker speech. I came home late. That's the only reason I watched it. And what's his name? Hakeem Jeffries goes on a 20-minute political speech about the Democrats. We're the party. It's like, dude, it's not your time. Hand the gavel over to the speaker and let's go home. It's 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I can't stand this stuff. I. That's why yeah, it's crazy. if I ever become a politician, it's going to be short, 20-second things. It's very succinct and be done with it. And cut the word salad out. Amen to that. Gunner wants to know, you have shirts. My wife would love one. She had me buy a lot. Amen. Go to the website. Yeah. Okay. Go to thesethwilliamshow.com. The you can see it at the bottom of the screen, a little scroll down there. Thesethwilliamshow.com. You can get your shirts there, Gunner. 
Uh, we will be giving away at least one or two on Wednesday when we do a little trivia. Uh, looking forward to that. We do have to take another break. Um, okay, good. We're running short on time here. I do want to say one other thing about Wednesday's show. Wednesday, uh, Hayden Grove will be joining the show. Nice. We'll have a restaurant reporter, yeah, from Cleveland.com. We'll have a restaurant reporter, Tony Visashi, on. And then Hayden Grove uh, from Cleveland.com will talk about – he does some Sinatra stuff. He does a lot of singing. He's brilliant. And yeah. he's talking about um, the Brown stuff as well. So we'll talk to Hayden on Wednesday too. So we will be back with Jim Isabella in just a couple minutes. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You got to go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. 216-233-4240. We're right back here live on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Sucka and Jim Isabella, our guest. We also have a call, gentlemen, that I'd like to squeeze in here. So, uh, Scott. Scott, how you doing tonight, Scott? Hey. Hey, good evening, good evening everyone. How's it going? Happy New Year. New Year. Same love to it. you. Love the new background. I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, appreciate that background. I love it. You, you figured that out? Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, good for you. Repossess the piano. (laughs) Yeah, well, I like the piano too, but the background fits. Yeah, it's cool. Um, uh, So, hey, uh, uh, Jim, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Um, Just want to get your thoughts maybe on uh, the uh, Akron Public Schools and the board uh, coming to a tentative agreement. Any thoughts? Yeah, first of all, I had my first wife, Irene, worked for Akron Public Schools uh, at Garfield specifically. It was Garfield back then for 12 years and worked downtown for two. This is disgraceful on two ends. The union should have addressed this issue 20 years ago because they were starting to have misbehaviors in the classroom. Teachers getting the crap. But of course, the Beacon Journal, who I used to work for, 
Didn't cover the story. Never covered the story. And there's a lot of crap that's gone on there. People don't feel safe. Teachers don't feel safe. Students. So what the hell are they there for? If you can't discipline the kids, here's what I do. First thing I do is make every parent sign a contract. If you don't sign a contract, the kid can't come to school. They will behave or they'll be ejected. You know, give them the thumb out of here. Because they're disrupting everything. Right. You right. have to put your foot down. Oh, we're going to get sued. Tell the lawyers to pound salt. Tell them, you do that. We're countersuing you. And we'll tell, we want to take money from that family because they're disrupting everybody. So you want to play games? I'll play a bigger game. And I will take money from your client. How does that sound? you got to stop being wussies. And that's the problem. If the board actually does it. I haven't seen the agreement. I'd like to see the agreement. But I am telling you right now, I hope it's not BS. Because if the teachers gave into this, they need to walk out the door. I will walk with them and support them, even with my bad back. I'll support them because you can't teach there. I don't care, isn't it? And the union should have done something about this. But I'll tell you what the bigger problem was. For a long time, the union was jacked because you know what they were doing? Kissing David James. Can I have a beautiful position? They, the, the top of the union leadership didn't do their job because they were kissing up to David James. Because God forbid if you got David's bad side, he was going to be the villain. Why didn't people call him out? He's the villain. And now this other, here's the other thing. The Akron School Board has been a complete failure for years. And one of the things, their superintendent got horrible grades. And they've kept her on and said, well, she's doing a good job. The grades say by their own, she's not. By, that she's not. Right. Why the hell is she there? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Got to follow the money, as it was wise man well, once said. It's also, also because, oh, she's one of our own. I don't give a damn if you're one of your own. If you suck, you suck. See Kevin Stefanski for details. That's the way I, I view life. If you can't do the job, I don't want you. What? Right. You can be ask, my best friend, and I'm not going to hire you. Let me ask another question then, because Jim, you said goes back 20 years of parents not doing their job. Yeah. Scott, you're talking about what the issues were in Akron, but even on a national level now, we're dealing with something that's never happened before. How does a six-year-old kid show right. up at school with a gun and shoot his teacher? Which, and I don't know if we were in at the beginning of the show, but like I said, legally, there isn't even anything in the criminal code that addresses right. this situation because it's so unthought of. That kid could look... At everybody tomorrow and say, I did it on purpose. If I saw her again tomorrow, I'll shoot her again tomorrow. And there isn't anything criminal that can. And I'm not saying even should be done. But how does mom and dad allow something like that to happen? Which is, goes back to what you said, Jim, about having the parents sign a contract. Well, here, so back in, uh, what, 90, 91, I was uh, in the Akron Public Schools. And uh, I, was, I was like in first grade. And we okay. had somebody bring up. Didn't, didn't have a loaded gun, didn't shoot anybody, thank God, but they had bullets and they put them in the heaters. And that kid did get expelled. And he he was young. He was, uh, you know, he wasn't 15, 16. He was in, uh, younger, way younger than that. Huh. And just, uh, I think I'm curious to see how this plays out. I just really am going to be. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, thanks. Okay. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Scott. Ahead, appreciate you calling in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Um, Mayor Bill says, "Go be a teacher, Jim. If you think it's that easy." Joyce what said, did I, I just say? Not have to deal with this. Say it was easy behavior. at all. Kids they, they are the, in control. The, the, Parents the, raise them, so where does the blame fall? 
the previous comment, hey, doofus, did you hear what I said? It's not easy to be a teacher because of the violence. Hello, hello. Give yourself a Benny Hill. Come on, what's wrong with you? I just said that. Open your ears and close your mouth. The previous comment, it's like, oh, teachers. Of course, teachers is a hard job. It's a hard job when you can't discipline and toss these kids out and say to hell with them. Seriously, yeah. that's. A teacher, if a, if a student came up to me, if a student came up to me and raised a hand, God help me, what would happen to that kid? That kid be tossed out the window. That my idea of expelling. Yeah, and, and the way I, out the window over there and raise a hand to me. Right, the way I was raised too. I didn't care what happened to me at school. I was more afraid of my dad when I got home. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So it's not oh, like yeah. that anymore, though. Parents are the problem when it comes right down to it. Parents are the problem. These kids, that Akron, that school system over there, they're not afraid to go home. Their parents aren't going to discipline the way that they used to get disciplined. It's not the same. You need to put the family back together, as a wise man once said. That's very true. You need to put the family back together because otherwise nothing's going to help. Otherwise, you just can't do anything. They're going to get sued. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose everything. Yeah, well, here's the thing that I – You got to put the family back together. Well, but here's the problem with that. Let, let's compare two nearby school districts, Hudson, well-to-do, and Akron, which is poor by comparison. Yeah. The difference is the parents, first of all, demand more, but they are in a capable position where they, they know they have sway to make it right. The problem in the poor school districts is you have generations of people and this was predicted back in the Nixon administration, believe it or not, that you have these people on welfare for generation after generation. They have no hope. They don't pretend to have hope. And they don't encourage their children say, why don't you get a better life than this? That's why I said one of the things they should do is go into grade schools and middle schools especially and start preaching to the kids. Look, you may be poor. You want to get out of here? You want a better life? Get an education, right. and you own something. That's yours. Nobody's going to take it from you. Once you have it, you got it. And the then you go on is, to a better life. Another problem is we have been mm-hmm. saying parents, parents, parents in Plural. way too many homes. Mom is working two jobs, raising three kids. There's only so many hours in a day, and it, I wonder how hard, how anybody parents their kids when you get them for the time that you talk, make eye contact, do things together, try to teach, uh, install virtues. And every kid's got that cell phone where he can go anywhere, do anything. And if you're five and six years old and you've been playing video games, you may have already killed 20, 30,000 people on your game with your phones. And to add to to it, sometimes... It can be a sister raising them, uh, a sister of of, of the mother, uh, the grandparents or parent, um, a cousin. I've seen I've seen it all uh, in my time. And I've watched this happen. Even in suburban schools, uh, this is one of the problems. Jim, I moved, by the way, I moved to L.A. in the 70s. One of the problems that happened out there is um, people that didn't speak English as a first language. By the time the kid was in third or fourth grade, they were smarter streetwise. 
than mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and they ran the house. There was no discipline there because the parents didn't even speak English. The, here's the thing. Well, you, you need a license to fish. You need a license to drive a car. You need a permit to get on a golf course. Anybody can have a kid. I don't know what's going to happen, but I venture to say for all kinds of reasons, for everything from AI to predicting behavior to being able to spot criminals before they commit a crime, the one unfettered right that is going to be tampered with over the next two uh, decades is the ability to have any kid anywhere, anytime with anybody you want. Parenting does right. begin at home and, and, and they're going to, I'm telling you, it's coming. Well, let me exemplify that with something that is on YouTube. And it's really worth watching. My buddy, Ron Lestock, I can say him by name because it's public. He and his daughter ended up on Good Morning America. And the reason they did was, and it's, this plays into what we're talking about. Just let me go through this real quick. So instead of doing the traditional father-daughter dance, they had the disc jacket go, Whoo! And they they played a bunch of steps they made out, and this they, they were doing all this kind of stuff, and they, they made this this great dance, and they were interviewing Good Morning America. And one of the things that Ron said, my and I it was we were the same age, we went to St. Peter Chanel together. He was talking about his daughter, this is his only daughter, and you know, the mother's has been in the picture for years. But he said, I do believe the relationship now that I have with my daughter is yes she's my daughter but she's also we're also friends we have a very good relationship where we can talk to each other and we've always had that um you know and and now that she's older she's she could be as much a friend as she is my daughter and i it was struck by that again you can go see youtube ron lestock is his name easy spelling go watch the thing and i guess they even have some of the dance moves on tiktok the, the full thing but the point was they loved each other, and for eight or nine months, they practiced this dance for this big moment. Because why? Because there was give and take, love, and all that. I really am starting to ask myself the question. I think love is the most powerful word in the, uh, word in the dictionary. And I was lecturing about that the other day with the guys. But I want to say that I just saw Facebook Ron just commented on a photo I did. The thing I want to say about love is that I'm beginning to ask myself if people understand what love is. Um, one of the bad things about um, about people getting away from religion isn't the religion in and of itself. It's the practice of taking one hour, go to a building, and use your time well, because yeah. the thing I go to church for, I tell people this, it, I'm not, you know, yes, I believe in God, blah, blah, blah. But it's a time when you turn off your phone, you get away from the world, and you get into a place where they talk about stuff. Sometimes you get bored, honestly. But what is the central theme of everything that's talked about, like at least in the Catholic Church? It's love. about the love. Somebody loved you enough to die for your sins. that That's the Catholic religion. But what's important is somebody loved, dot, 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 fill in blank. And that's not being preached or talked. And I really feel bad. I just feel 
that we made ourselves so busy in the last number of decades, we forgot about the love part. About, you know, you hear people romance like on Blue Bloods, the TV show. What do they do every Sunday? They have a dinner. They have dinner. As kids are all grown up, but they have dinner together. together. Because they want to be together. And they recognize their humanity. And they even discuss some difficult things at the table. But, hell, I think that that's one of the many missing elements. Even with, quote, good parents, we're always you're always going to a game, which can be great. It could be a great relationship if your kid's playing a sport or whatever. But ultimately, it's still about having time with each other. You know, now the form takes place. I just hope people have that time. And frankly, to your point earlier, Mike, I don't think people do. And that's... I agree. That's sad. I agree. Because you know what? If we concentrated more on love, it wouldn't make any difference whether or not those dogs were actors. We would care about the abused animals and do something about it. Well, both of you well said. and And that's why we are... One of the things I hate is in social media is... Like, just as somebody took a shot at my comment about the living room. I'm actually not in a living room. I'm somewhere else. But here's what happens. People have to take a cheap shot. One day I wrote about my life white Irene, that it was our anniversary, would have been our 29th, and I did it for my kids. I did it for my children. They're, that was the mother of my kids. And somebody had to say, well, why does your wife think about that? You know, I want to know how you puts up with your F and stuff. It's like, really? You took a sentiment and a sentimental moment for my children and you turn it into a crap show. Right. Because you're a selfish, good for nothing stunad. And that's what I feel about this stuff. It's time for all of us to quit nitpicking. I mean, right now, the dumbest human being in the world is Prince Harry. You know why he's dumb? Because he exposed everything he feels about his family in a book on 60 Minutes. Yeah. Is no. that love? No. no. And I hate to, to end things, but we got to wrap everything yeah. up. Guys. Yeah, so, boy, did that go fast. It went quick. Jim, I appreciate yeah. you coming on tonight. Much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, when you have something to announce, I'm sure we'll talk to you before then, but if you have something to announce, let us know. We'll talk about that. Let that. us help. Uh, but we will absolutely talk to you again soon. So thank you for joining the show tonight. Appreciate it, my man. Mike, don't forget to give me a call sometime. I sent my information to you. I will do that tomorrow. I have time to do that tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. All right. Gentlemen, you're wonderful. Audience, you're wonderful. And uh, how much are we getting paid for this? Yeah. We'll see you, Jeff. Yeah. Same as us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll take a real quick break. Actually, we'll just wrap things up. I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening tonight. Much appreciate Wednesday. Uh, we'll be live again at 5 o'clock. Again, Hayden Grove will be joining the show uh, from Cleveland.com. He does a lot of writing, does a lot of stuff. We'll talk Brown stuff with him. And we also talk about the fact that he's a fantastic singer, one of my uh, dearest friends. Uh, was that my benefit for me? He does a lot of stuff. He's a great guy. Hayden Grove will join us. Also, Tony Masashi will be live from another restaurant. Look forward to talking to him. And maybe we'll try to give away a couple of T-shirts. We'll do like a little trivia or something. Nice. I think that might be fun to do. Uh, so thank you, Mike. Thank you. And uh, God willing, we'll talk again on Wednesday night. Sound good? Sounds real good. Thanks right, to everybody that messaged us. Visit the website. Come up with some ideas. We'll see you on Wednesday.
Except for smoke and rock and roll food trucks. You got to check them out, man. The food is just unbelievable. Mac and cheese is fantastic. The brisket, everything else is just to die for. You got to check out smoke and rock and roll. 605 Clay Parkway in Bay Village. You can give them a call 216-539-2239 to book a food truck. Uh, you know, Find out where they're going to be at. They're going to be all over the place, Come, especially when the spring and summer hits. It's unbelievable food. They win awards all over the place. Run by my good friend uh, Billy Morris. Uh, and his friend Todd, they're good people, and they make great, great food. You gotta check it out. Smoke and Rock and Roll, smokeandrockandroll.com. Aaron Tees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One-stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. Hey, it's up for Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village. And now if you need a podcast done, you got a band, you got to record some stuff, Audio Bay Studios is the place to go. Train technicians. Uh, good management there. I'm telling you, Audio Base Studios has helped me out tremendously with my podcast. You want to go there, Audio Base Studios, 605 Clegg Parkway in Bay Village. It's right next to, or in the same building, I should say, as Smokin' Rock and Roll. Some of the best barbecue food trucks in town. The best barbecue food trucks in town. Tell me, you got to check out Audio Base Studios. I know the guy, Chris Aiken. I know the guy, Billy Morris. They're good people. They take care of you. Audio Based Studios, if you got a podcast that you want to start recording, Audio Based Studios in Bay Village is the place to be. 605 Clegg Parkway. Give them a call. 216-713-0066. That's 216-713-0066. 